Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monster Eight: The Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is the Sunday edition of the podcast. This means I'm going to go over the five songs of the week. We're going to go over the world of Brandon and what's going on. I guess not a whole lot. I think I think I say that every episode, but then we talk about quite a bit. So I don't know. My hair is absolutely fucking wild. If you're watching the video form on Spotify, I'm also available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Anchor, and then Spotify audio i don't know how to say that <laughs> if you like what you've heard spread the good word um yeah like share subscribe support whatever you want to do uh you know see how far we can take this thing uh thank you so much for if you have been tuning in if you've turned in for the first time thank you as well i am working through a whole bunch of new stuff i haven't got the flip over to the soundboard yet i just got the soundboard the other day I'm trying to get that thing working. I've got it where I can listen to uh, my audio back, like through headphones, but I can't get it to record. I'm just kind of stupid, so I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I've got my good buddy Justin coming over. We're going to try to get it uh, hashed out on Wednesday. Uh, I may have to record tonight or today and Wednesday through the uh, what I bought originally, the uh, Scarlet thing, which has done its job. I've been really happy with it. You know, very affordable. You know, can do exactly what you need to it just i just uh with what we have planned moving forward with guests and then all the other fun stuff um it doesn't fulfill the needs so i went with a big soundboard and maybe maybe it's not going to work so who knows <laughs> hopefully i just didn't throw like 350 bucks down the drain or 400 bucks or whatever this thing ended up being i can't remember now you know that's what happens when you make that much that this podcast money you just don't even care what things cost anymore <laughs> All right. Oh man. Yeah, but I I like to look at the new soundboard. I have just enough room on the keyboard to like put it here. Like I need to get this area kind of really set. I need to, like clean everything off and put the things that are actually like important up here. You know, I've got like pictures, but like I said, I I think I talked about last time with all the fucking candles everywhere. I've got the area cleaned out. There, like I said, there's just enough room for the soundboard. I've got books, I've got this pair of fucking sunglasses, which are so damn cool. Look at that. Look at me. I'm so fucking cool right now if you're watching the video form. <laughs> if you're not, you're missing out on so much fun. Uh, what is it, man? I, well, yeah, we're fastly approaching. Like, we are with great speed, six days away from two-year sobriety. I am pretty, pretty, pretty very excited about that. So, yeah, that's uh, something to keep looking forward to, keep pushing towards, um... My God, my hair is an absolute fucking disaster zone. It is uh, ridiculous. Oh. Now, but I'm really excited. You know, head to Cincinnati. Enjoy the night. Enjoy sobriety. Enjoy Columbus Crew beating the shit out of FC Cincinnati. Then quick sports talk. I don't know. Uh, Preston North End drew nil nil again yesterday. We are not scoring. Uh, <laughs> I say we. I barely. I don't know anybody on the goddamn team. <laughs> I know Ben Woodburn's there, former Liverpool guy. And I know now the uh, manager is a former Liverpool youth product. Um, his name escapes me at the moment. Plays very attacking football. Hasn't, I guess, uh, really uh, Preston's short like two forwards. That's kind of the issue. But then, uh, yo, Pompeys, the Pompeys, Portsmouth, they won uh, 3-1 yesterday, I believe, over Bristol Rovers. So, you know, like I said, setting themselves up for a good promotion push this year with uh, how well they're playing here at the beginning of the year. But it's a long season down in, like, the League One Championship and stuff like that, 46-plus games. And then, you know, you have, like, your cups and stuff like that you want to kind of compete well in. But, you know, ultimately promotion should be the goal. Get back to the championship and then hopefully settle in the championship before making a push to the Premier League in probably two or three seasons. Hopefully. Maybe. Fingers crossed. 
who knows? I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. I need to like look more into like um, culture, expectations, all that stuff of each team. Jesus Christ! I keep trying to like fix my hair, and <laughs> there's no fixing this right now. It's unreal. I usually don't record this early in the morning, which is, I mean, not not super early. I think it's like ten thirty now. I usually don't record before like two o'clock usually. And on Sundays, um, I just got things planned after work tonight. I'm going to see Jake. I haven't seen Jake for a while, so I'm uh, happy to go see him. We're heading down uh, Shilkathy Way. Um, I think Marta's going to be there, too. Love Marta. Love Marta because she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she doesn't care. like But in a good way. Uh, good to see them. What else is going on, Brandon? I finished... I, I think I was in the middle of something. Oh, you know, I usually don't record till the afternoon. But since I got something going on, driving down that way, really wouldn't have time to record when I get back and upload and all that fun stuff. So, uh, recording early, orally. Yeah, I heard it too. Uh, record, recording early, just so I can get it uh, posted up later this afternoon. I need to get, like, more of a set time when I actually release episodes. I need to start, like, kind of doing that. Because they're, like, anchored, you know, thank you for sponsoring the episode, Anchor. Um, it allows you to pick a time to upload, so I need to get into that. Like I said, we are marching you know, slowly but surely to guests. You know, I've actually got like a little bit of a lineup of people I have asked to come on who have said they would love to come on. So, you know, see if they'll follow through on it, them sons of bitches. Uh, <laughs> no, like I said, I've, you know, I've got, I think like six, seven, maybe even more. That's like six, seven I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Um, you have to wait. I know everybody knows my sister and LL Cool K are up there. You know, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 has agreed to come on. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't agreed in writing, but he has agreed in my mind. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be a fun Sunday. Let's jump into it, man. I'm still listening to so much fucking Tom Waits. It's great. It's wonderful. Now, but I uh, moved up in my Lost Rewatch. I got two... Whatever the case may be, Hearts and Minds is special. It's probably the weakest run of Season 1 episodes in Lost, is that three-episode run. But they're not bad by any means. Um, the Boone one's a little odd. Not great, but it's it's a fun... It's fine. Um, whatever the case may be, I, I still think it's kind of the worst one, because it's a little too elaborate. Like, Kate plans a fucking bank heist to get into a safe deposit box, and then her fucking... Uh, the guy, she, who, the, the robber she's with, is just, like, a complete dumbass. You know? Like, the guy's like, oh, just let the girl go. And he's like, oh, the girl planned all that. Like, motherfucker, like, the guy has seen her face. And you're just going to kill, uh, I don't know. You know what I uh, I don't know. It was, it was kind of, it was way too elaborate and kind of just, you know, too much convenience in that episode. And like I said, but you still got good, uh, I kind of also forgot how much tension there really was between Jack and Sawyer in season one, you know. Because it seemed like in the first few episodes, I was also always forget in the first few episodes. It kind of means like the love triangle is going to be Jack, uh, uh, Saeed, and Kate, because uh, like Sawyer kind of alluded to it a couple of different times, and like it was like them two competing on whether she would go to the caves or whether she would stay on the beach. Like you know, it was that kind of seemed like it was setting up that, and then it didn't go anywhere. And it went you know shifted to Sawyer, Jack, and Kate. Which was, you know, proper. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Still good stuff, what we're up to. And, like, yeah, I was right. Homecoming is the episode after special. I am such a fucking lost nerd. <laughs> like, we got to the end of special, and here comes Claire out of, the like, the brush. I'm like, oh, yep, Homecoming is next. So, uh, 
I remember when I watched that live as a kid, uh, goddamn, almost 20 years ago. I swore when Kate, or not Kate, when Claire came out of the woods in that, that she wasn't pregnant anymore. So I thought they had, like, literally stolen her baby. But then she continued to be pregnant. They didn't quite take that storyline where it needed to go. They seemed like there was a lot into it, but then it just kind of, they decided, ah, this is not going to be as important as we want it to be anymore. I don't know. There's quite a few of those with Lost. As much as I love the show, there was quite a few problems with the storylines. Um, it's kind of dropping. Like, Saeed in the last season is just pointless. Like, he has his big heel turn and then does nothing for the rest of the show until he dies. Um, really, he doesn't do anything much in the last two seasons outside, like, some big moments that they just kind of give him. Like, they could have given to somebody else. Even You know, it didn't have to be Saeed in that moment. But, um, yeah, like, in terms of the show, it's uh, Hurley improves always throughout the seasons um jack is consistent all the way through kate is another one she is so annoying in the first season so annoying she's just kind of there to fuck everything up all the time like she constantly inserts herself and she and then she constantly fucks everything up it's very frustrating because i think in homecoming is the episode where it really boils up where you know she forces herself into um the situation and then i think she fucks up the plan to like capture ethan and then they end up, it ends up working out, but she's the one that almost fucks the whole thing up. And, like, you know, it's one of those, like, where she constantly kind of does that. So, I'm going to see if I'm right. Like I said, I haven't watched Homecoming. I probably watched it, like, a year ago, but I don't think I was watching, watching. Um, so, I'm, you know, like I'm saying, I'm a little more attentive to this rewatch since, you know, I'm kind of going over it in the episodes. Uh, and like I said, they don't, I don't think they elaborate quite on my, uh, Walt being special as much as they do, like, in the, uh, in the episode special with Michael and Walt. I don't know. Like I said, I'm still highly enjoying it. Season 1 is fucking fantastic. Um, I said fantastic. I'm not sure why I said it that way. I'm such a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I don't know. Highly enjoying it. Um, and then also, since it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of storm. It didn't storm last night. I was so upset. Like, it was like really stormy when I left work. And they were talking about, oh, you know, big one's rolling in. It's going to be here like 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, man, you know what that means? We're going to put on something a little creepy, a little scary, and we're going to watch that when the storms come rolling in. Never fucking happened. Maybe it rained, but it didn't, you know, no lightning, no thunder, none of that fun stuff. Stuff that, you know, the Midwesterners, the Midwesterners just like, you know, lick their lips like, oh, yeah, storm time. Going to get the uh, old porch chair, sit on the porch, watch the rain go by, which, man, is so fucking peaceful. I always love when I go down to my mom's house and, like, the fucking storm rolls in outside on one of the little rocking chairs and just watch the storm roll by, man. That's Midwesterners right there. That's that's vacation. <laughs> it's the best, man. It's the absolute best. Um, nah, so no storm, so I was not happy about that. But I watched the first uh, three episodes rewatching uh, Haunting of Hill House. I thought I'd wait till like, September or something like that to watch the Haunting of Hill House again. I absolutely adore that show. That's an absolutely wonderful uh, series of television, uh, Hunting a Hill House. Just the other two that follow up are by Flanagan, Mike Flanagan. Um, they're not really follow-ups. They're kind of in the same vein because the same you know, creator. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass aren't quite as good. I think Midnight Mass is better than Bly Manor. I think Bly Manor, like if I was rating everything, like Haunting a Hill House, I'd wait way up there. I'd put like, you know, nine, nine and a half out of ten, like a A, a minus, like show. I don't give out a lot of A pluses. Like, just, you know, I think they just reserve perfect things like Chernobyl, uh, Season 1 of the Terror, um, probably Lost Season 1, I'd probably put it in A+. I think there's a lot of nostalgia that also builds up into that, too. Um, probably Game of Thrones Season season 3, I think, was the best season, personally. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of A-pluses, though, out there. 
Uh, lost my train of thought. No, but I think like Blind Manor was probably like a C plus B minus. I think it's like really strong because like, I I finally rewatched it because I remember watching it, rewatching it like there in the first week, and kind of just being mm, meh. and then you know I, then rewatching it I'd say probably about mm, little I say I probably watched around Halloween last year, maybe a little bit after that. So about a, you know we're coming up on ten months or whatever. Uh, the first half is strong. The second half is just kind of a, a little disjointed. So I don't know. It just, just it doesn't kind of I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe I have to rewatch it again to kind of explain it better. Like I said, it was just kind of it was. Meh, so I'd probably give it a C plus, B minus. Performances are good. I thought the ki- the girl who played Flo was outstanding. I thought she was uh, you know a, a good child there. And then um, I absolutely adored Midnight Mass. I'd probably give that like a P plus, A minus. You know, completely different than what you're expecting because you're expecting kind of a little creepy thing and it's more scary in different ways like you know the corruption of uh, scripture to fit your own needs <laughs> like that and then uh you know kind of uh, misinterpreting you know yeah misinterpreting scripture and what you're seeing like and trying to like fit them all together and then like you know fundamentalism and all that insane shit and then vampires so <laughs> i can't wait for though uh flanagan's got um the fall of the house of usher that should, I'm not sure when that's coming out, but I know it's supposed to be coming out probably pretty soon. Oh, I'm excited about that. That's that. That was like whenever they announced that, I got like goosebumps. I'm like that's a perfect guy to make something like that. It's Flanagan, Mike Flanagan. You know, Kate Siegel uh, will be in it. I think Raul Cooley will be in it. Everybody loves him. I've interacted with him on Twitter. What a great guy! What a great guy! Good guy, great guy, wonderful guy. Um, no, but like uh, watching those first three episodes, it's just. One, another good thing, the kids aren't annoying. There's, like, one kid that's kind of annoying because he's flat as fuck, and, like, there's no emotion in what he's talking about. He's talking about, like, his dead grandmother sitting on the end of his bed, and there's, like, no emotion to it whatsoever. Not a great acting. But at the same time, the kid can grow into a good actor. He's a fucking child, so, you know, don't hate on him too much. But, like, he's the only one I'm kind of like, not a great performance here. Like, you know, they could have found somebody who could have actually delivered the lines like a human being. (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't hate on a child. Um, but the other ones, they're all good. Like, I don't think any of them are annoying in any way. Like, uh, like they're kind of annoying in certain spots, but they're supposed to be because they're just, you know, they're kids. Kids can be very annoying because, you know, they have no awareness of anything. Um, but the overall, the tone of the show, like, they have great jump scares. Like, I forget some of them sometimes. I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. I forgot that happened. And, um... Some of them, like, uh, I don't know. There was, like, the part where little, like, the child Luke gets uh, lowered in the dumbwaiter down to the basement by accident. Or, like, the house makes him go down there or whatever. And that fucking little, like, the ghoul thing that's down there that crawls after him. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember watching that the first time. Just, just you know, gripping probably a cover as hard as I fucking could. Man, good stuff. Carlo Gugino, Henry Thomas, which I'm not sure why they did Henry Thomas and, um... Oh, Timothy Hutton? Is it Hutton? I think it is. Um, Why they had to cast them both? Because, like, Henry Thomas is not that... Doesn't look that much younger than, like, Timothy Hutton. I'm pretty sure it's Timothy... Is it Timothy Hutton? Let me look that up. Let me not just, like, completely say the wrong name the whole fucking time. Yes, it is Timothy Hutton. And was it Henry Thomas? I'm kind of throwing names out of my ass here. 
Yes, it is. This is Henry Thomas. <laughs> Good job, Brandon. We remembered stuff. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure why they had to cast two people for like a young one and an old one when really what they look like 10 years older, 15 years older maybe. I think you can do enough to make Timothy Hutton look younger to, I don't know. It's, I don't know. And then like, you know, to do that, you had like Henry Thomas had to wear like those blue contacts. And I've always like, yeah, I remember when uh, Game of Thrones was like in the early stages. And I remember reading it and like, you know, uh, Daenerys has purple eyes or, you know, lilac or whatever they call the eyes. I think they call them purple eyes. I you know, haven't read it forever. Or I read it like last year, and then I got to the second one, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to take a quick break, and I haven't went back, because that's just what I do. I take a break, and I never go back. Um, but she has, like, purple eyes, and I'm like, why don't they give her purple eyes in the show? I don't understand this. I don't get why they don't do that. And now that I've seen, like, The Witcher, uh, Haunting a Hill House, where they've done that, where they've given people contacts, I get it, because they're very distracting when you're watching. Like, I for some reason, anytime, I, like, especially The Witcher can be really bad sometimes of how distracting the eyes are. Like, because of the contact lenses. I guess they're too vibrant. I don't know. They don't seem very natural. Which, you know, obviously, Geralt has cat eyes. So, like, you know, that's not going to be natural at all. But at the same time, they're so fucking distracting that sometimes I don't even know what's going on in the scene. Because that's all I'm paying attention to is how, you know, prominent the eyes are. And they've done that with, uh, you know, Yennefer. They gave her, like, the purple eyes. And, like, sometimes they're very fucking distracting. And like I said the blue eyes that Henry Thomas has to wear to kind of match Timothy Dalton's eyes is... Sometimes it's just like, is he a fucking ghost? What's going on here? Kind of leads you into like assuming stuff about the story that's not actually there, just because the you know they don't they're not they're just not correct yet. I don't think they've got there technology wise. You think they would? All the crazy shit they can come up with nowadays. They cannot fix eye color in TV shows <laughs> or come up with a contact lens to make it look a little bit more natural like that. I don't know. It's weird. Weird, weird, weird. But, uh, yeah, I'll continue rewatching that. I said I watched the first, I think it's the three episodes. Because you have, like, the first episode, which ends with, like, the reveal of Nellie's death. And then the second episode is about Shirley. And then the third episode is about Theo, isn't it? That's the only thing I didn't, don't really care for about in um, Hill House is Theo's, like, ends up being her girlfriend. Like, it's like a hookup. And then the girl is, like fucking kind of weirdly obsessed like you guys just met and then you show up at her like sister's funeral uninvited like (laughs) unannounced like it's kind of stalkery like get the i don't know it's kind of weird and then in the end they like you know they end up getting together like i'm like i'm not sure i was rooting for this that girl's kind of a stalker i don't know that's just kind of what they took it to me i'm like very awkward here Like, like i said they hook up and then Theo is just kind of a bitch to her. Sorry to say that word. But that's what cause she kind of is. She kind of is like, oh, you know, yeah, we're done. Get out of here. Get out of here. And the girl, like, is, I, I don't know, it was just very odd. She's like, yeah, you know, kind of, yeah, 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 we did here. What what she say? She's like, we did what we came here to do. Like, yeah, like, a, like I think Shirley calls her a frat guy at one time. It's like, yeah, that's basically what that is. A nice little one-night stand thing. And then the girl it continuously keeps coming back like a lost puppy. And then, like, you know, shows up unannounced, and Theo's not happy about it, and treats her like shit, like, most of the time. And then they end up together, and I'm supposed to be happy about it? I'm kind of, yeah, not that happy about that. That's kind of, uh, fucked up. Fucked up. I don't know, man. What do I know? I know nothing. Maybe that's how dating works anymore. Who cares? <laughs> oh. Moving on. <clears throat> I had five songs this week. I only have four written down. Oh, sh- oh okay. Remember fit five. <laughs> oh. So, 
I have been. Um, what 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 it. I noticed it yesterday. I guess it's been going on for the past week, and now it's kind of hitting complete douche to the kids. But at the same time, their baseball's horrible. Um, it's not fun to watch. It's garbage. Also, it's taking these kids, it's giving them their one moment to possibly be famous. And most of them are going to fucking fail. You know, one team wins. You know? Yeah, the kid who has to go back to fucking middle school. Yeah, like... Do you remember being in middle school? How fucking ruthless those kids can be? Jesus Christ. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing that we do in society is put the fucking Little League World Series on the goddamn television. Like, I understand. Like, oh, I, I, actually, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Like I said, like, this is, like, this isn't scripted moments here. This is, like, literally kids having to react in real time. And of course, you know, if one of them fucking cries, they got to put the camera right in his goddamn face. But go, oh, look at this kid crying. It meant so much to him. It's like, yeah, once again, he's a 12-year-old who has to go back to school and deal with fucking bullies. You know, and deal with, like, you know, chicks trying to do stuff. Like, most of them, this is their one moment. Like, you know, 99% of them ain't going to play pro ball and the pro ball or whatever to redeem themselves. If they do redeem themselves, it's at the amateur level where nobody else is ever going to be fucking watching. It's dumb. It's an absolute kind of uh, ex- exploitation of minors here. And, yeah. It's fucking stupid. I hate it. I hate it so much. I never liked it as a kid. I don't care when the storylines come out. I mean, I remember what the last time it was ever prominent in my mind was that year the the girl, what was her name, Monet, was it Monet Davis? Was like a really good pitcher. That was kind of, I guess that was kind of cool for the one-off, but then you had like the inner city Chicago kids who ended up, none of them lived in that area, and I think some of them were like overage if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, they won, and then it turned out, oh, yeah, they broke every single fucking rule in the book. (laughs) Oh, shit. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I don't don't know. I I find the Willow World Series to be the dumbest thing on television. It's just a whole bunch of kids who just aren't emotionally ready for moments like that. Being, like you said, you know, if you had it as just a non-televised thing, they might be able to deal with it more. But other than that, they have to be, you know, on television in their worst moment of their young adult, like their young lives. The moment that's probably going to carry them around forever. Like, oh, remember that kid? He's the kid who gave up the walk-off home run in the Little League World Series. And, you know, oh, yeah, that's what I am. I'm remembered as a loser. I don't know. I don't know anything at all, ever. I've never known a fucking thing in my life. Uh, but you know what my least favorite content to my favorite content my favorite content right now is watching videos of animals trying to climb into hammocks if you have not seen this shit seek it out it is awesome it is the absolute fucking best like watching a panda bear try to climb into a hammock over and over again I could watch that four hours and laugh the entire time it is my favorite thing I watched one of bear cubs trying to do it a couple weeks ago. I watched one of a panda trying to do one yesterday. I watched one where dogs were trying to do it. I watched one where a like, kind of bulldog successfully did it, which was even best because you're rooting for them to get into the hammock, but you're hoping they fail at the same time just because it's hysterical, especially panda bears. Panda bears, like little baby panda bears, they're not real. That's not a real thing. That's a fucking teddy bear with like animatronics in it. There's no way that's a real animal. Nothing can be that cute. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, they're just, I don't know. All panda bears are just kind of odd. Like, they, I think they're, like, savage, but at the same time, they're just, like, they're just adorable. They're just kind of big fluff balls that roll around and act goofy all day. 
There's like, you know, they're like, yeah, I don't know. They're that guy high on drugs who ends up murdering everybody. You know, you're like, oh, he's having a good time until he starts killing everything. <laughs> I fucking love panda bears. But yeah, if you have not seen animals trying to climb into hammocks and, uh, you know, bail, it is the best content on the internet right now. It's the only thing keeping me going back to the internet right now. Because <laughs> the internet fucking sucks. Ugh. Oh, I forgot. Um, I did not name the opening song. It's something I should do out of respect. That was Bear vs. Shark, a song called Catamaran. Um, great band from the early 2000s, Bear vs. Shark. 2000, I think they were like 99 to 2005 in that range. Um, kind of in the same vein as I got the drive-in. Those bands end up evolving into Mars Volta, which I, Mars Volta was a little bit different than what at the drive-in ended up being. Um, but no, I really like Bears vs. Shark. That was off Terror Hawk, Terror Hawk, if I'm thinking correctly. I like Catamaran. I like that band as well. Bear vs. Shark. That's a great band name, too. Uh, well, I guess speaking on music, let's get into the five songs of the week. Song number one. I haven't decided yet. That's the problem. Is I never decide what the list is until I kind of just go. Um, let's make a decision. Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough sometimes. Uh, let's see. Let's go with a band I have not na- I have talked about on here, but I've never used one of their songs. Um, it's easier, Brandon, to do it the other way by the song. Um, this is Rage Against the Machine. This is a cover from their cover record, Renegades. This song came on the uh, shuffle the other day. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot how great this song is. Like, uh, Renegades is a great record. It's uh, just nothing but covers. They got Ghost of Tom Joe. They got Renegades of Funk. They got Kick Out the Jams. Um, I'm housing. How could I? How I could just kill a man? Uh, then they have Maggie's Farm, a Bob Dylan song, and I fucking love this track. It's just, it's rage. You know, it's. Tom Morello going crazy. It's Brad Wilk and Comerford keeping everything tight. It's, you know, just great lyrics, or not great lyrics, but just kind of great vocal work by uh, Zach De La Roca. I can't say great lyrics on a song he didn't fucking write. <laughs> but this is a Maggie's Farm by Rage Against the Machine. A cool little guitar at the very beginning. And like I said, I love uh, Comerford's bass. I think I knew this for a while on bass, which is pretty fucking cool. Of course, you've got fucking Morello's going to go wild here for a little while. Uh, but yeah, like, Rage is such a, just a, they were just a planet-changing band. Landscape-changing. Like, uh, just, oh, fuck, it's kicking up, isn't it? Let it fight you. 
damn, I love Rage Against the Machine. Like I said, they were a landscape-changing band. There was nobody quite like them before. Like, you know, just how intense the punk, the funk, the hard rock, the metal, all the influences. Like, there was other bands probably just like them at the time, but nobody did it quite like them. Obviously, because Morello is such a fucking out-there guitar player. But like I said, um, none of them ever really worked outside of this band. Like, Audio Slave was alright. Was not exactly what everybody wanted. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just those three guys, Wilk, Comerford, and Morello, just were so tight together. Like, even like some of the stuff, like Coochie's life, uh, Audio Slave was fucking incredible. Um, but with Della Wilk at the front, shit, that's another level of a band. I really wish Della Wilk would have released his solo record that he did with Trent Reznor way back in the day. I don't know, man. Rage is just a different level of a band. It's one of those bands that sometimes I cannot listen to because of how intense they can get. I'm waiting until we get to like the Morello uh, guitar work on this one. Fucking Morello, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why did he ever think to do half the shit he did? And it works. That's why I remember he does uh, guitar on Ghost of Tom Joe with Bruce. And goes absolutely wild over the fucking bridge. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? What made you think to do that? It's, uh, I don't know. I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more. No, I ain't fucking gonna bridge. work on Maggie's far no more Well, I try my best Jesus like I am But everybody wants you To be just like them God damn, I love Rage Against Machine I think I've said that like seven times now <laughs> I'm digging right. I've got Bulls on Parade, or Evil Empire. Um, I've got Battle of Los Angeles, and I got Renegades. I don't think I ha- I don't have uh, the original, or like the uh, self-titled. Goddamn, man. Or they're on tour right now with Run the Jewels. What a fucking show that would fucking be. I don't think I could do it by myself. I gotta bring somebody with me. I could not take that by myself. I'd have. It'd be too intense for me to go to. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna stop the episode by accident. In the wrong place. Oh, uh, so that's Maggie's Farm by uh, Raise Against the Machine, song number one of the week. Um, absolutely fucking love that song. Like, I cannot get enough of that goddamn song. Let me add that. Songs of the Week. If you have not, you can j- go to my Spotify and you can follow the Songs of the Week playlist if you'd like to. I mean, you don't fucking have to. If you ever want to go back and listen to what I put on there or whatever, or just kind of the thing, I'm. I need to go through and kind of put them all in order. I've been doing that now. Since it's a lot easier with the audio ones to remember, you know, I do go find the sound. And I'm like, okay, this one went first, this one went second, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have the opening songs on there too. Um, 
and just kind of, you know, I'm working through that. So if you ever want to go back and listen to the songs I've thrown on there, just like, hey, you wonder what Brandon's got on the songs of the week? Bam! There you go. I don't know. You don't have to if you don't fucking want to. I mean, you don't have to do anything. I'm just saying, if you like to, you're allowed to. You know, you're welcome to. But, you know, it doesn't make a fucking difference to me, man. I do have one playlist on Spotify, um, inappropriately named Thug Life, because it's a lot of rap songs. So, <laughs> God, I'm so... St- young, young... Early 20s Brandon was kind of a fucking douchebag. Uh, I mean, early 30s Brandon's also kind of a douchebag, but in different ways. I think better ways of douchebaggery. <laughs> now, it's called Thug Life. It's got like, I think it has like a hundred and some followers or something like that. And then I have another one. It was called uh, Sexy as Funk. A whole bunch of funk music on there. And uh, I got a random message from this kid in Texas who randomly found the playlist and told me how much he loved the playlist and he plays it at parties all the time. I'm like... Heck yeah, man. Making a difference out there. Connecting the world through funk music and sexiness. <laughs> oh, that's the tagline for the show, isn't it? Connecting the world through funk and <laughs> sexiness. <laughs> Almost as bad as, uh, what, what was... Oh, man. I can't even remember what I, I called my... I said something a couple weeks ago about... Do I have... What is that? Oh, no. That's nothing. Um... I can't even remember. I, I insulted myself a couple of weeks ago or something like that, and I, I had a fun little saying that I wanted to put on a shirt. If anybody can remember that, let me know, because I don't want to feel like go back and listening to the episodes. Uh, what's song number two of the week, Brandon? Because they have a quite a fucking uh, challenge there to uh, keep up with the Rage Against the Machine. Let's see. Let's go with the Hold Steady. Me and a buddy of mine were talking the other day about an, um, uh, another mutual friend of ours shit and um somebody who's kind of like throwing their life down the complete fucking drain over you know because you know they have issues with uh substances and uh they're completely throwing their life down the drain and you know we can't get them to see that the biggest issue and the biggest anchor in their life is the person they're with like you know what i mean and it made me think of this song by the whole state it's called you can make them like you and um it's off uh boys and girls in america when is Boys and Girls of America? Is that 2007 or 2006? 2006. Good job, Brandon. Um, yeah, it's You Can Make Him Like You. It's one of my favorite, like, it's kind of a fun Hold Steady song. Um, but it's all about, you know, the problems of a codependent relationship where your codependency is all on drugs. And, you know, it's only, you know, let your boyfriend deal with the dealers. It only becomes an inconvenience when you want to get high alone. <laughs> great line. Goddamn. Craig's such a great fucking songwriter. Um, so yeah, this is You Can Make Them Like You by The Hold Steady. This is the first album. This is the first album with Franz Nikolai on the piano, which took him to a whole new level sound-wise. Steady's just a different level. I'm so glad I've seen him live now three times. I need to see him like probably 10 to 12. It's such a religious experience for me. Sorry for the boy. 
got Tad's little nice little power cord uh, stroke in there. <laughs> Stroking. <laughs> Funny word. And so, yeah, like I said, Franz coming in on the piano took the whole study to a whole new level sound-wise. Like, Separation Sunday is such a great record, but Voice of the Girls of America kind of goes to the next level. this song's also kind of dealing with somebody who is a casual drug user or something like that starting to evolve into more of a addict type person you know it's not a problem until you start uh, doing it alone you know also feel like uh, that little ending there is kind of got a uh, for me kind of a little a hope thing of you know it's like there's always other guys out there who's not going to make you fucking do drugs. You know, they're not going to love you for drugs or whatever. And you can make them like you too. So I don't know. You have, yeah. You got options out there, kid. Take care of your fucking self. If you're listening, you know who you fucking are. Oh, song number three of the week. That was You Can Make Them Like You by Hold Steady. Song number two. Song number three is a band that had no business being as fucking hard as they are. It is a band. Very prominent in the late 70s through the mid 80s. Um, I was, like I said, I was watching It's Always Sunny. And there's the episode where there's, there's like a big storm coming in. And Dennis is obsessed with the news, uh, the weather, or like the news anchor, uh, Jackie DiNardo, because she has uh, ample bosoms. <laughs> but every time, uh, every time she like comes into a scene, they play this song by Heart. Heart, this great band from the late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s. Uh, still kind of play around shows now, I think today. <clears throat> that was their heyday, like the late 70s, 80s. <clears throat> I'm not sure what's going on with my throat right now. Uh, but they would play Alone. And uh, that means, like, man, I haven't listened to Heart. Like, really, ever listened to Heart. But, man, they do some great fucking songs. Uh, they have no business being as hard as they are. But this song is called uh, What About Love. And it's another great fucking track, especially like that 80s shit. I think it's 85 if I'm thinking correctly. I don't know the I don't know the records well enough, but I think it's like 1985 if I'm thinking correctly. Um, I'm not sure why I would know why it's 85, but I think it is. Let's see. I mean, that's the thing. I could always just look it up. Yeah, it's off their self-titled 1985. Look at me. I'm so fucking cool. It's ridiculous how cool I am sometimes. But this is uh, What About Love by Heart, one of the great fucking, I think a very underappreciated band. From back then, you know, they had like the two sisters, which they had to deal with stupid shit. Like guys just assuming, like even though they, when they found out they were sisters, still assuming they were also lesbians together. Yeah, that was like some of the shit they had to go through. I mean, what the fuck? I, I understand. I guess that's a big thing now. Is like, uh, is like uh, incest stuff apparently in pornography, but I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's weird, isn't it? It's it's got to be weird, right? Maybe that's why it's in pornography. Who fucking knows? Ask them. 
Oops, that's not what I went to do. I'm sorry I had to lead in to heart with pornography, but you know, hey, you know, it's a great fucking track. Like, I think we'll forget all about what I just talked about. This is Hearts, What About Love, off Heart, 1985. I love the fucking synths on this. It's so 80s on this. It's, it's fucking hard. I've been lonely. I've been waiting for you. I'm pretending. And that's all I can do. certain talent level it takes to take something that's very cheesy and make it very sincere like there's some guitar work in there that's very cheesy but for some reason it just works because it's like there's such a sincerity behind it and like this whole song is kind of like a little kind of goofy but it's, it's just fucking rock like a fucking guitar lick Fat ass bassline, like it though. Like, I mean, like a bassline, just like his bass notes. They're fat as fuck, man. I fucking love Heart. I have decided this week that Heart is fucking badass. I think I'm not the only one who's ever decided that, but they are badass, man. Like, I'd never, like, I remember Barracuda was on San Andreas, like, one of the radio stations of San Andreas, and, um, that was, like, really my only exposure to heart, really. Outside of, you know, songs I'd probably heard on the radio here or there. But, man, like you said, like, watching that It's Always Sunny episode and then kind of listening more to heart, I was like, man, these, they're fucking killing it, really. So good for them. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. I'm not sure if that really means much anymore. I don't know. You know what might mean more to them than Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the fact that they have made Brandon's uh, Monster Eat the Pilots Songs of the Week the third song of this week. <laughs> like this part. This shouldn't work. This shouldn't work, but it kind of does. So, What About Love by Heart is song number three of the weeks. Congratulations to them. Congratulations on a great career, too. Like I said, congratulations to me for picking the year out of my ass on this song. (laughs) It's all down to the synths, because they really weren't doing that type of synth stuff in the late 70s. So, my guess probably 80s. Um, They probably made it to 85, so I made a guess at 85, and I was correct. Like, good for me. Good for fucking me, man. Ah. 
Song number four, changing it up quite a bit. Going back to the drive-by truckers. I kind of talked about this song last week. I think this is actually supposed to be the song from last week I was going to pick. I know I picked um, Do It Yourself, which is a fantastic fucking track. I almost picked, uh, um, no, damn it, Hell No, I Ain't Happy, which is also a wonderful fucking track. But who the fuck is that kid? Hold on. I don't know who that is. Oh, come on, there it is. Um, yeah, but I mentioned this track. It's one of those really great kind of reflection story songs by Cooley. Mike Cooley wrote this one. It's such a fucking wonderful song. Um, the whole second verse, I'm going to have to read the whole thing out because it is absolutely beautiful and it's kind of tragic and kind of uh, got a lot of weight to it. It's called When the Pen Hits the Shell. It's off uh, 2003's. Yeah, 2003's Decoration Day. Fucking 20 years next year. I like how I act like that whenever I wasn't listening to Drive-By Truckers like 2010, 2011. But, you know, whatever. Whatever, man. This is When the Pen Hits the Shell by uh, Drive-By Truckers. You can lie to your mom. You can lie to your race. But you can't lie to nobody with that cold steel in your face. And the same God you were so afraid is gonna send you to hell It's the same one you're gonna answer to when the pen hits the shell Well, your sister's been blaming everybody And I don't blame her same God you want to answer to when the pen hits the shell. God damn, man. Like I said, like Mike Cooley didn't start writing like songs till he's 30. And he came up with this shit within like a five-year span. Like, man, there's a great quote from the book. I'll get to it. Um, Patterson talks about writing like thousands of songs before he wrote this song called The Living Bubba, which he considers like one of his best songs ever. And then Mike Wright comes in with like one of these days, which is a fantastic song after like five songs. He's like, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I feel the same exact way. Like, you know, I fucking love him so much I hate his guts. Yeah, this comes the whole second verse here. It's like a very reflective mode. It's a very, um, just kind of, life kind of passed you by and you kind of forgot to catch up with it. I don't know. I'm not sure how to say it. But it's one of the best verses in music history. Nobody's daddy, all it 
I swear to God, Mike, come on. Like, just the poeticness, his um, ability to paint a picture, his ability just to kind of take those southern, like, kind of, that, you know, that kind of, um, oh, what's the right word? That kind of, not generic, um, almost like cliche type, like southern wisdom, that idea of it, you know, that guy who kind of sits on the porch and just speaks in witticisms, and take that and make him into such beautiful songs. It's just, you know, I can't, I, when the pen is a shell, might be the best Mike Foley song. But I'm not sure. It might be Zip City. But it might be Marry Me. But it also might be Shut Up and Get Your Ass on the Plane. God damn, come on. Come on, Mike. Anyway, that second verse, like I was talking about, how like it's just it's I guess it's technically broke up into two verses. Um, but man. So it's me and you, we liked our pills and our whiskey, but you don't want your head full of either one when the house gets quiet and dark. God damn right, Jesus Christ. Feeling good, it used to come so damn easy. Racing trains from Second Street to Avalon, that whole like youth of you know, racing trains and just going out and having a good time. It was so easy to find a good time when you're younger. Now older, you know, you gotta Get, you know, it's much harder to go out and just have a good time, I guess. I don't know. And then, take a trip down memory lane. You don't see no friendly faces. All the houses have been painted, and nobody knows your name. It's enough to make a man not want to be nobody's daddy when all he thinks he got left to hand down is guilt and shame. Holy shit. Cross my heart, hope to fucking die. Jesus Christ almighty. Come on, man. Huh. Take, uh, take my, take my brain and, uh, you know, just pick a verse, and that might be the verse that <laughs> describes me right there. Oh, man. Like, the whole idea of, like, you know, like, uh, I've talked about, like, being, you know, kind of somebody who doesn't, who's not a relationship-type guy, and I think that's a big part of it, is that I don't think I have anything left to, like, offer a lot of the times, or, you know, I don't want you to kind of uh, get wrapped up in my insanities, my craziness, my uh, fucking issues that I... I am working on, but at the same time, it's just that it's the low self-esteem, it's the low idea of, of self-worth or whatever that, you know, I'm working on, I'm getting there, I guess. Um, but when all he thinks he's got left to hand down is guilt and shame. Fuck me, man. What a line. What a guy. Good guy. Great guy. Wonderful guy. Mike Cooley from the Drive-By Truckers. Like I guess I don't think I'd ever want to meet Mike. I, there's no chance. There's no chance. I would never just... I I don't... I just... I would lose it. I would lose my mind. I would just be like, uh... Hi. <laughs> I think if I... Like, you know, I've talked about, you know, it'd be like... Patterson Hood would be one of my favorite, like, first people I'd ever want to have on this podcast if I ever, like, got to a point where I can have, like, you know, guests who meant something to me. I came out weird. All the guests that I have, like, lined up mean something to me. I'm talking, like, more like a celebrity type, you know, musicians and stuff. <laughs> bring in, like, <laughs> bring in one of my friends. Like, oh, yeah, you mean nothing to me. <laughs> oh, what a way to talk. Um, but I think that's the first thing I'd say, Patterson. Like, do you introduce yourself as, like, hi, my name's Patterson Hood. I'm in a band with Mike Cooley. I've been best friends with Mike Cooley for, like, 40 years. <laughs> oh, man, Mike Cooley is, like, the, he's just, I don't know. I uh, know, it's like, I, I can't describe him. He's he's ineffable or whatever you call that. I think it's ineffable. That's the term where you just can't explain it. can't be explained. It's kind of farther beyond you. 
I guess. I don't know. What the fuck am I talking about? Anyways, last song of the night is another Tom Waits song because, like I said, I've been listening to Tom Waits a lot. Um, there's a lot of really cool covers out there of this song. Um, I know the Gaslight Anthem does a really good one. I don't think I've ever... I put one Gaslight Anthem song on here uh, before. Um, they do it on their not-great record, Get Hurt. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. If you've never... If you did not know, now you know. Scarlett Johansson has a solo record out there. It was made like 2006. The uh, the the white guitar player from TV on the radio. What's his name? I can't remember his name now. It's like it's got the you know the alliteration like SS. I know his, his first name's S, like Stephen. I can't remember his last name. Maybe it's Scott. Who fucking knows? Scott and Steve. That's a lost reference. Look right there. I'm so good at this. Um, yeah, he produced it. And all of Scarlet's songs are Tom Waits covers. It's really kind of fucking interesting. Got um, I Don't Want to Grow Up, which is a great song. It's in the opening of uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, great song. I can't remember which record that's off of off the top of my head right now. Anyways, I know Bottom of the Music Industry covers it, and it's just fucking really wild. <laughs> this is the closer off Rain Dogs, which is... Oh, mm, great fucking record. This is Anywhere I Lay My Head. And um, I've always thought as a guy down on his luck who kind of, you know, is still pretty stubborn about his life. And it's like, you know, anywhere I lay my head, I can, I'll call home and, you know, I don't need anybody because I've learned to be alone. You know, that kind of guy, just, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm done with everybody and I'm, I'm, I'm heading out there. But then I read this other thing about it that it might be from a perspective of somebody who's just died. And um, that's why you get the big brass kind of, uh, you play it out with the heavy brass band and, you know. That kind of New Orleans feeling of like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's anywhere I lay my head, and it's one of Tom's great tracks because his, his vocals are awesome. His The whole vibe of it. Like, nobody quite does sad songs like a Tom Waits. But I don't know. He's, he does not exist on our planet type, man. This is, like I said, this is anywhere I lay my head. I think I've got it set up. That dog bark of a voice. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, I live my 
fucking Tom Waits, man. <laughs> oh, what a song that is. Um, like I said, I don't need anybody because I've learned to be alone. I've been in that mode. Um, yeah, the whole second verse. Let me pull up like the lyrics. Like it really does kind of seem like it's somebody who's just died. Um, yeah, like I said, that was anywhere I lay my head off rain dogs by Tom Waits. The fifth song of the week, the last song of the week. But yeah, that, those lyrics, right? Like you know, I see that the world is upside down, like somebody being carried out in a casket or something like that. My pockets are filled up with gold to pay, you know, to pay, uh, you know. What, pay the piper or whatever they call that what, what's the fucking mythology there pay the oh shit the ferryman I can't remember now the clouds they've covered everything over if you're going to heaven I guess I don't know I don't know about that and the wind's blowing cold mm, maybe maybe not going so great then I don't need anybody because I've learned to be alone oh my god I went and set the Thames on fire Whew. yeah but if you've never heard the Scarlett Johansson version it's pretty cool too <laughs> um yeah, so that's, yeah, Tom, yeah, man. And like I said, that whole little, the uh, waltz out with the brass band. Yeah, that's a great ending. That's a fantastic ending track to any record. Not just, and it's also, you know, it's perfect for Rain Dogs, which was, if I'm, am I right in thinking, that was like when he decided, yeah, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I feel like. I think it is. Like, I know he started experimenting a little bit more. No, he had shortfish trombones and stuff like that. That's right. Heart attack of yeah, like you said, he started to kind of play into that more. I don't know. Fucking Rain Dogs is a great record. I don't have it. I need it. I need it in my fucking veins, man. Come on. Anyway, that's going to be it for me today. It has been the Friday edition of the podcast. It's been an hour. I did not really have the time to go to an hour, um, but I did, so fuck it. Whatever. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. If you've liked what you've heard, uh, spread the good word. Let everybody know what's going on here, I guess. Um, Available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. God damn it! I, I think like I get it. Then sometimes I'm like, no, I had to have missed one. Whatever. Spotify and Stitcher. Video form on Spotify. Um, if you, I'm, like I said, I, I do apologize for my hair and the video version. It's, <laughs> it's a disaster zone, man. Ooh, it is rough, rough stuff. Um. Yeah, if, like I said, if you like what you heard, spread it out. Let everybody know. Um, if they get their podcast through any of those services, I am there. Uh, Monster.8.the.pilot. All lowercase, motherfuckers. Um, if you have questions, send them in. If you have answers, send them in. If you have suggestions, send them in. Send it in, man. Send it all in. We're getting close. Um, like I said, I'm almost there with the questions. I just have to like remember to answer the questions properly and not just kind of off the cuff I guess I don't know who fucking knows what I'm talking about I don't know anything I have so many plans for everything that I never do anything with oh man once again it's the end of the show so you know I don't know how to fucking end it (laughs) it's been a fun time I think I think we had a good time talking TV talking music talking a little bit of sports Liverpool Man United tomorrow like I said next time you see me will be Wednesday with the Springsteen song of the week and then the uh, probably the results of the Liverpool Man United game and then, oh yeah, good for me, good for you, good for everyone. Um, I guess I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Come on, Brandon, just end the goddamn show. Thank you so much. Have a great rest. Oh, have a great Sunday, and I'll see you back on Wednesday with, like I said, the Springsteen song of the week. Yeah, I heard it too. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> like I said, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>